Welcome in to the Blanket Coverage Podcast. Today is Saturday, January 29th, and joining me as always is my co-host Jack Wallace. We are going to be recapping um, a quite frankly historic and exciting and also tiring uh, weekend of football. Uh, We already talked about the Titans uh, game. I got my instant reaction out there. No reason to talk about the Tennessee Titans anymore today. Uh, We also recapped Green Bay and San Francisco. You can go listen to that on last week's episode. Today we'll be recapping the Sunday action from last week as well as previewing the upcoming championship weekend. But Jack, as someone who bandwagoned the Bills because their team did not make the postseason. Uh, some might be so might say was fortunate enough not to uh, make the postseason. Um, what was your reaction to that game last week? And I mean, that was just all time. So we had the divisional round recap that I put in here. We know we talked about the first two games of the divisional round, which is why we only have two in here. And I said, which one's going to be game of the week? And the answer is both. Both these games were game of the week uh, because immediately following Rams bucks, I thought to myself, that's one of the best games I've watched in a long time. And then uh, Kansas city and Buffalo both said, please hold my beer and get ready to go. And they both did that. Uh, This game proved a bunch of things to me. It proved, number one, that I'm very, very scared of Josh Allen becoming the next Dan Marino because that that could happen. Not great odds to happen because he still has a lot around him. But Allen's performance proved to me that he is not only a very elite quarterback, that we already knew he was elite, but that even with him nearly carrying a team, it pretty much took a miracle for him to lose in a playoff game because it was, frankly – a miracle run for the chiefs to come and win this game. They had under a 3% chance to win and they still were able to pull this out. But uh, yeah, it, it hurt uh, seeing the bills lose. I did want them to win uh, also because I was pretty sure that um talking to my news people here at Syracuse, that there actually would have been pretty good odds that, um, and not good odds, but not terrible odds that I would have a possibility of going to the AFC championship or maybe even the Super Bowl if the Bills had came in just because it's relevant to Syracuse. So it is possible that could have happened. Of course, it doesn't now. But, um, yeah, talk about sports being good but not good enough. With Syracuse football just missing out in a bowl game that I could have gone to, basketball is going to miss the tournament, which I could have gone to cover, and then the Bills losing too. So, again, I'm incredibly happy to cover the games I am. But, like, God, three opportunities so, so close that are just falling through. So a little bit selfishly for me, I was annoyed at that, um, but obviously didn't work out. But yeah, the biggest point of this game, I think, despite the fact that Josh Allen threw for nine touchdowns and zero picks and his postseason is done, um, and Jimmy G has two picks and no passing touchdowns, and he's still playing, and that Gabriel Davis had four receiving touchdowns, which no one's ever done in an NFL playoff game ever. The overtime rules are bad. I have stuck on this for years. I hate them. I don't know why they're the way they are. I've always thought that you should make them like college, but put up at the 50-yard line so it's more fun. It's a shorter game, so there's lower risk of injury than just a full 15 minutes, which you can't do again. And you can get rid of the stupid ties and finally have a real football game and without having to just say, oh, you won an arbitrary coin toss. Hooray, you win the football game. I don't understand. And I get the Chiefs were screwed by this four years ago with the Patriots. I know they were screwed. I know the Chiefs tried to change it. And then the league, a.k.a. the owners of the league, said no. 
So I'm not going to rag on the Chiefs for that because they did try to change this policy, but I just, I hate it. I don't know why in 2022 we still have to deal with that. Yeah, and we were talking about last weekend how this was the main event of the evening, quote-unquote. This was the game that everyone was looking forward to last week, and it definitely lived up to the hype. I mean, those last two minutes were one of the greatest, if not the greatest two-minute stretch in NFL history. That game was insane. Um, I think just breaking down kind of the reaction to this game. Um, there was a lot of talk this week about Green Bay and what's wrong there and what's uh, Aaron Rodgers' future and how did they lose to Jimmy G again. Um, there was talk about the Titans and Ryan Tannehill um, and what's going on there and how did they blow the number one seed. No one's saying a single bad thing about the Bengals. And I think that uh, sentiment is one that I echo because the Bills did not lose this game necessarily. Now, yes, you probably should have played coverage in the middle of the field and <laughs> defense Travis, was terrible. <laughs> and guarded Travis Kelsey uh, with 13 seconds left in the ball game. But you cannot necessarily uh, criticize josh allen in any way shape or form the offense lived up to every expectation uh that they were given um it's just a tough way to lose a football game and especially for a bills team that looked like they had it all figured out uh for the most part except for patrick mahomes and travis kelsey with 13 seconds left it they are becoming the most inevitable tandem in the football league, if they are not already. Um, They are the Thanos tandem. They are inevitable. (laughs) Um, We no longer have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in the playoffs, uh, but Aaron Rodgers didn't throw to anyone but Devontae Adams in the last game. He was heat-seeking missile uh, to Devontae Adams the entire game. Uh, you don't see that with Mahomes. He spreads it out a little bit more. But what you're seeing is all the Chiefs playmakers coming to play. Finally. We've hardly seen it all year. And then once they started to ramp things up, all their playmakers started making plays on offense. Um, and where they were turning the ball over and the offense wasn't giving the support that the defense needed because the defense was so bad. Now the defense is holding up more than a little bit uh, against guys that are not named Josh Allen. Um, And their offense is just so impossible to stop once all three of those guys, uh, meaning Hill, Kelsey, and Mahomes, are firing on all cylinders. Uh, And they certainly were last week. They've got to go to their playmakers. They've got to go to their stars, and they're making plays uh, for them in return. Uh, This Chiefs team, I will get to Cincinnati versus KC uh, later, but the Chiefs are scary. And as a Titans fan, I wouldn't have wanted to play them. Not at all. 
Yeah, no, it's it's this was a really, really difficult game for both these teams to come out and win. And and we knew that coming in. We knew this was gonna be a tight game. I had Buffalo, you had KC, and and I uh, know I, I just missed it by 13 seconds, of course. But um but yeah, Mahomes is still incredibly elite. He's still fantastic, even after a little bit of a rough start uh to the season, but still an absolutely incredible, incredible game and one that will be remembered for a long time. But man, I wish that I could have somehow been at this one. Um, as much as I was traveling around, I was actually getting on my flight, um, leaving, uh, I think that was not even Raleigh. I think it may have been Raleigh or Charlotte or something. I was flying all around this weekend, but I was on my plane watching the game on the really terrible little like television, like TV on the back of the plane seat. They have live yeah. television. Uh, we hadn't even taken it off yet. We we're still taxiing at the gate and I was just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I was losing it. Um, saw the entire two minute span sitting on that plane. So uh, thank God the plane did because the plane took off and I lost that feed. I would have, oh man, I would have lost my mind. So very happy I saw the end of that game. Uh, but now we can go and talk a little bit about the last game because if you haven't seen the the title already, it's uh, the crab emojis with Brady is gone. Brady is gone, um, which might be for good. Uh, apparently, uh, learning a little bit more into this, uh, we might actually be seeing the end of Tom Brady's time in the NFL. Uh, that is not necessarily confirmed or anything. But um, apparently, according pretty soon, this was in the last like six hours um, that a Brady retirement announcement is likely to come soon. Um, it's currently uh, Jason LaConforta Le- of CBS Sports is citing, quote, several sources who are within Brady's inner circle confer- or explain sources anticipate Brady most likely will reveal his future plans in the coming days. Um, and they think that he is probably going to uh, retire and that could be this week. So, uh, we'll be pretty unfortunate because I actually have seen the bucks and the Patriots play, um, in my long time of watching NFL games, but I saw both teams with the wrong quarterback. So I saw the bucks under Jameis Winston and the Patriots under, uh, under old Mac. So it's, uh, unfortunate that I may not be able to ever see Tom Brady play live. Um, which is unfortunate, but they did say that if Brady, uh, does, reply here they said i think it's retiring sunday um if he does retire sunday it would be exactly 20 years after he earned his first super bowl start so that Mm -hmm. is indeed possible uh so get ready to hear uh, a trillion different things about tom brady if you haven't already which is going to be so much fun to sit through um we're going to be tom brady to death we are going to be tom uh, brady to death over the next two weeks i just Oh, it's going to be even worse when LeBron retires. It's going to be worse. So I'm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it is. I don't know if it uh, is. It's it's so irritating to me. But uh, I did want to mention one last thing um, before we get into this game about about the the Chiefs. Um, do you remember a a special cornerback from the University of Ohio State, um, drafted in the first round of the 2020 draft, a 19th overall, in fact, and went to the Raiders? Do you remember this man? Damon Arnett. Well, uh, if you wanted to know about Damon Arnett, uh, as we know, he was drafted by the Raiders, um, and he was actually in the trade that sent Khalil Mack to the Bears in 2018, so he was from that trade. Got thumb thumb injury, COVID injury, back on IR, and didn't really play a whole lot. Uh, And then, on November 8th, 2021, he decided to have firearms uh, in a video and making death threats. So the Raiders yes. said, you're done. On TikTok or on Instagram yep. Live. Uh, the Miami Dolphins then signed him about a month later 
on the practice squad and his contract expired when the team season ended in early January. Didn't do anything for them at all. And then because what, what are the Kansas city chiefs known for? What are they best known for besides winning a Super Bowl with Mahomes uh, after not winning for 50 years? What is a, what is a classic, charges. classic chiefs moment is find the player with the least moral like vibe whatsoever. The, the most off moral compass. And they say, we want you on our team. So he went to the chiefs on January 20th, Nine days ago, was hired on their reserve squad. And today, like 30 minutes ago, he was found in a video or an incident, and he had a assault with a deadly weapon in Las Vegas. <laughs> Booked in a Las Vegas jail on gun and drug charges on overnight on Friday. <laughs> so they said they uh, had two counts of assault with a deadly weapon, carrying or concealing a gun without a permit, possession of marijuana or cannabis, and possession of a class one or two level controlled substance. So the saga of David Arnett <laughs> continues. Wow. So just uh, wanted to bring that up because I saw that on Twitter today and was like, well, <laughs> um, that looks like the end of that. But yeah, no kidding. Pretty interesting. He is the, so. He's the Isaiah Wilson of the 2020 draft. Oh, man, it just it never ends, really. So just wanted to bring that little tidbit up about him. But uh, back to the Rams up. Uh, uh, Bucks game. Uh, Rams went on a 23 to 7 lead, which almost made me want to off myself, but fortunately they kept it one point less. And then basically everyone on the Rams decided to stop knowing how to play football except for Matthew Stafford. Um, yes. Cooper Cup fumbled. I, I, I think it was both running backs managed to fumble. I mean, it was, it was complete. Yep. You could not have a worse second half without your quarterback being bad than what the Rams had was basically what I saw was that everyone except the quarterback was heinous. And then the Bucks scored a touchdown. The Bucks scored a touchdown. They kept getting closer. Um, I so bet you a, were getting flashbacks. Oh, oh, I was, I was, got war I, was, flashbacks. I was, I was sweating in the airport. I was sweating and, and things. <laughs> so it was, was a field goal, then a touchdown right before the end of the third quarter. And everyone was like, okay, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Not to mention, not to mention game. it was 27 to three. That's, that's what I said. Yeah. It's Eerily similar one score. Off. One point off. Thank God it was one point off. So, so it's touchdown Rams, field goal for Tampa Bay, 27 to six, fumble for the Rams on the first play, touchdown Tampa Bay in only two and a half minutes, three plays, zero yard, punt. And all of a sudden, it's beginning of the fourth quarter. Tampa Bay's got the ball. And then, boom, Von Miller, sack, Brady fumbles, everybody's okay again. But then the next play, Stafford goes to Brandon Allen, fumbles, and Jason Pierre-Paul lands on it, gets five yards ahead, and all of a sudden the Bucks are back. But then they go down the field a little bit more, LA 45, LA 32, and then Brady gets <laughs> sacked. Incomplete pass on fourth down to Mike Evans, and it's turnover on downs. So then we all relax again. Tampa, uh, uh, LA drives down the field. They go from the LA 22 all the way to the Tampa Bay 33. 47 yard field goal is short. 47 yards is short. And it's I Matt remember Gay. Matt, Matt Gay Who's... got hurt in warmups. They mentioned that off the rip. They mentioned that at the start of the game. And I was like, oh no. I was like, I was freaking out a little bit. So after that happened, once again, we're back into panic territory. Brady and the Bucks get the ball back. 
Tembe 37, get past midfield, LA 32, first and 10, second and 10, then only, um, then four yard uh, pass to Fournette, and then negative three yard pass to Fournette, another fourth down inside the LA 35, and the Bucks miss it. So again, they're getting multiple chances in this game, mind you. This is, they're getting multiple chances and blowing them. Rams get the ball back. We're about four and a half minutes left in the game. Four-yard rush, timeout Tampa Bay. Negative one-yard rush, timeout Tampa Bay. Pass, no gain, timeout Tampa Bay. No more timeouts, four minutes left. Hecker punts it away. Gets our ball right back. 19 yards to Scotty Miller. Three yards to Fournette. And then, boom, 55 yards on second and seven with three and a half to go. And that's a big-time touchdown for the Bucks. Seven-point game. L.A. gets the ball back. 3.15 to go. No timeouts. 3.15 to go. All you got to do is basically get one first down at the end of the game. Akers three-yard rush. Akers fumble. Sub picks up the the loose ball. 55-second drive. Tampa Bay with 2.25 to go. March, 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 march. Get all the way down. Fourth and one at the L.A. 9. And Leonard Fournette runs nine yards for a touchdown with 42 seconds left. Tie ball game. Rams with the ball back. Stafford sacked <clears throat> on the first play. Timeout LA, their final timeout with 35 seconds to go. Stafford launches it deep. Cup gets it for 20 yards, but they're not done yet. Another pass to Cup. 44 yards. Antoine Winfield burned right up the middle on that play. Cup gets down to the 12-yard line. Matthew Stafford spikes it with six seconds to go. And Matt Gay from 30 yards is good. And the Rams somehow escape this game, even though Tampa Bay had way more chances to not even tie but take the lead. And somehow they didn't, and the Rams held on. And that game was absolutely absurd. That might have been one of the most entertaining and stressful second halves that I've seen in a while. Of course, Bill's Chiefs immediately broke that <laughs> uh, streak of right. not seeing Saturday second halves. But still... Let's not forget about this game. As good as Buffalo KC was, this game was ridiculous. And I have to give it to Matthew Stafford. I was waiting, waiting, waiting for Stafford to throw a stupid second half pick and blow this game. And he but never he was did. the anchor. He never he was did. the anchor of that team. He saved this game for them. And I was really, really surprised and proud of him to come through and say, you know what? It's not going to be me. And he didn't. As many mistakes as the Rams made, it was very, very seldom that it really was really bad on him. He did not make many mistakes in this game. And I realize that this is all revisionist history, but I think without the turnovers, uh, the Rams would have won this game pretty handily. Uh, Oh, yeah. Things are coming together for that team uh, like they were at the beginning of the year when we were all so high on them. Um they're really hitting their stride. Cam Akers is as much of a stud as everyone thought he is, and he's like six months removed from Achilles tear. No, which he's, is a, he's a fantastic athlete. He always has been. Unbelievable. Uh, he's going to be a top five running back for sure next year. Uh, I'm probably going to look to pick him in the first round. Uh, going to have to do my research on that one. But, they will be very uh, heavy on him. But, yeah, I mean, it was a sensational game. Um, again, proud of the Rams to come in and really deliver a big time blow. And yeah, the Rams are back in the NFC championship, NFC championship game for the first time since 2018, which that game will always rest 
very easy in my heart because that was in the Superdome against the Saints, which was the infamous no call on the pass interference, quote unquote, that apparently happened that I didn't see anything wrong. But apparently that's what happened on that play that everyone seems to have a problem with. So, And, and <laughs> um, I think it bodes that really, really well um, for the Rams that they protected Matt Stafford so well against that front seven. Now, Tampa wasn't blitzing it nearly as much as they're used to. Uh, well, you mentioned it, they had to change. So you said pregame, too, that they have to change that scheme up because they're yeah, just and they've had and they've had to move some guys around in the secondary, and that's ultimately what led to their demise was Antoine Winfield playing slot corner when he should be playing free safety, which is his natural position. Um, now, you love to have versatile guys, but you also love to put players in the best position possible. Uh, and the way that Tampa had to shuffle their secondary, when they couldn't get pressure off the blitz, um, it really, really came back to bite them uh, at the end of the game. And with and like I said, without those turnovers, I mean, L.A. was moving the ball consistently on them. So I think L.A. was really able to dictate the tempo of the game until they started turning the ball over, which is what led to them having such a big lead. And I think it bodes really well uh, against San Francisco, who was also a tempo-dictating team. Uh, so looking ahead to that game, I think whichever team controls the tempo of the game uh, to their liking is going to be the one that uh, comes out on top. Well, to, so we can go ahead and get to those games. Let's uh, finish up our recap with our AFC and NFC players and teams of the week. Um, we're going to continue doing this throughout uh, – throughout the rest of the season. Obviously, as we get fewer and fewer games, there's fewer players to choose from, uh, but that does make it a little more interesting who we get to. So for my uh, team or player of the week for the NFC, I'm going to go with Matthew Stafford and not really for the numbers, but more for the leadership and more for delivering the win that he did. And he did have good numbers in this game, mind you, but uh, the bigger picture was more the fact that he closed this game out and did such a good job doing it. Uh, team of the week, I'm going to have to stick with the LA Rams as well, simply for delivering such a big blow to play off Tom. Uh, I'm aware that uh, that game not only shows how extremely difficult it is to come down from three scores in a playoff game. Uh, ha ha. I get it. Very funny, but it's still shows how difficult that is and how different this Rams team is. And also how different this Bucks team is too. Um, because pretty objectively, the Falcons offense in 2016 is better than this Rams offense is right now. Any number you pick, it is. But also that game had Kyle Shanahan, which is a cheat code to lose. So there is that. Uh, and then in the AFC, I have Gabriel Davis, my player of the week, which was one of the few times I pick a, a losing player uh, for player of the week. But only because Gabriel Davis is now the first and the only player in history to get four touchdown receptions in a playoff game, which... Of all players, Gabriel Davis um, yeah. is pretty funny. Um, they're actually the three touchdown record that was before this game was actually an 18 way tie. Um, and some of those players in that list, including Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Robert Gronkowski and Jerry Rice, among um, 15 others. But yeah, so congrats to Gabriel Davis of all players uh, finding yeah. his way to the end zone four times. Uh, pretty crazy how that happens. Uh, my team of the week is Cincinnati uh, just because I know we already talked about them last podcast, but just being incredibly proud of what Cincinnati was able to do against the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I know you can hear me. <laughs> they deserve it. They deserve it. But go on to yours. <laughs> All right, what was that? Um, my NFC team of the week, the San Francisco special teams. 
that's where that game ended up being won. Um, the Green Bay special teams were awful, uh, and Kyle Shanahan certainly uh, knows how to scheme some stuff up on special teams. I think he puts guys uh, in really good spots, and their special teamers play really hard. So, team of the week or uh, player of the week. San Fran special teams. It's more of a unit than a player, but that's also my team of the week because I had the Packers in the Super Bowl. Uh, I thought they were going to roll through to the Super Bowl. Uh, And San Francisco was able to give them a lot of problems. Uh, And credit for this team for just getting better throughout the year and peaking at the right time uh, in Lambeau in the snow uh, where we you would think Green Bay has a lot of the advantage. Uh, but they were able to dictate the tempo of that game, uh, like we were talking about earlier. And I think that really ended up uh, serving them well. And then for AFC, Travis Kelsey. He he, yeah. he, he was mic'd up before the play saying like, hey, they're playing sideline coverage. I'm just going to go up the middle. Um, now, he had a lot of other important plays in this game uh, but that was obviously the most crucial and then he catches the touchdown to seal it uh, which is just that's a Travis Kelsey moment Uh, and that's how dominant of a player he is at the tight end position which we've pretty much never seen before Uh, so Travis Kelsey gets my player of the week and then Kansas City team of the week that was an unbelievable way to pull out a win um and credit to them for you gotta respect it they they faced so many just impossible situations and they looked so composed just executing in those situations and they have better playmakers than you and you've got to account for that on defense um so kansas city gets my team of the week they just keep on steamrolling And we now can move on to our preview. I know we're still actually under 30 minutes, so we can spend a little more time than normal talking about a preview here. But this is championship weekend. We've made it, folks. We're all the way in late January, and we have found our way to the final weekend of matchups within our conferences, and we will have our two conference champions crown themselves this weekend. Um, Now, both of these games will be tomorrow, so we can rest. uh, No Saturday football today, sadly. Um, we've actually had Saturday football for uh, quite a while now, if you go all the way back, um, or at least Saturday weekend football. This will be probably the first weekend in a long time with absolutely nothing around that. Uh, and then, of course, the Pro Bowl will be coming up next week, which we can talk a little bit about too um, as we wait for the Super Bowl. But in these games, we have a quite uh, interesting four-team lineup, and it's the four-seed Cincinnati Bengals against the two-seed Kansas City Chiefs and the six-seed San Francisco 49ers against the four-seed Los Angeles Rams. So the Rams didn't think they would get to host another playoff game, but they have found their way back into the Inglewood Stadium at SoFi Stadium, and then the Chiefs will be staying put right at Arrowhead to take on the Bengals. So we can start things off with the AFC. That'll be our 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern time slot. Uh, That'll be on CVS. And... Uh, Just in case you wanted to go to the game, at least according to ESPN, tickets are about $400 right now for the cheapest seat. So (laughs) I think I'll be watching this at home. And for this game, I'm going to go out on a limb because I was terrible last week. I went 6-0 in the wild card, 0-4 in the divisional. 
it's, you know, it, it's like that sometimes. So I said, you know what? We're going to go a little crazy and we're going to pick a little differently this week. And this week I'm going to go with the Bengals. I still think it's their year. I think they're running through a lot of teams. I am aware that the Chiefs are better at home. I'm aware the Chiefs pulled out an incredible game that should have gone anyone's way. I, I know there's a lot of reasons not to pick the Bengals, but I just kind of feel good about them. And I think that they really do have a shot in this game. And I think they really do match up in a good enough way where they can get something really going here. So I don't know. I'm a little confident about it. I think they can go a little crazy with it. Um, I know that the Chiefs have a very solid rush defense, uh, but the pass defense lets in a little more. And this Bengals team can sort of do whatever they want on either side of the ball. I also understand that in points allowed per game, in terms of holding their defense off the scoreboard, Cincinnati does a way better job than the Chiefs. Like it, Way, way, way better job. But the Chiefs defense uh, allows a time lot out, of points. Timeout, 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 timeout. Is that inaccurate? <laughs> timeout. Tom Brady is retiring from football after 22 seasons. It's official now? Adam Schefter. Wow. Well, turns out me saying that beforehand was pretty close. So there you go. Yeah. Wow. So it turns out that never Tom forget, Brady is uh, never forget where I was when Tom Brady retired. <laughs> Sitting here on the plate coverage podcast, making fun of Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. All right. Well, there wow. you go. That, get, that just kind of threw me for a loop. Well, uh, all I'm saying is that Skip Bayless is having a wonderful day today. <laughs> Oh my. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for whoever the contrarian is on ESPN that's going to say Tom Brady's not the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, unfortunately, I am very sorry that I never did get to see him play in person. That does make me a little sad. As much as I do dislike yeah. him, I wish that I have uh I wish that I had seen him. But even though I still do not think that he is the best in terms of actual athletic performance and what a quarterback can do, the career itself is pretty unquestionably um, in terms of a oh, total over our career look on accolades and awards and records as the best. So I do understand that. Yeah. Time to, uh, maybe it's time to watch man in the arena. I started it. It was, it no, was kinda, I, uh, I will never be was, watching that. <laughs> it was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Oh, oh I, I would like one episode. No, no, I would rather watch someone get tortured than watch that because that is just watching me get tortured. And I just have abs like I could not have less interest in a sports thing than that. I, I will never watch that special. I, I tried I, watching one episode. It's very just like Brady propaganda. Well, I, why would I want to watch this? There's, like it's there's not, nothing it's I not gain. Nearly, it's not like a it's not like cinematic. Like the last dance was cinematic right yeah because it was good yeah it was like well done even if it was jordan propaganda this is just like an e60 special on each brady super bowl or something i wonder if they talk about how many times he was helped because of his team <laughs> and how they, was... they do they do a lot that's all that, that's good i just I, I was hoping they would they would make that point because uh, he gives a, he gives a lot of credit to his teammates this is this is why i need to get off twitter because that's the problem with twitter is it <laughs> last quarterback of our generation that's not really true but wait who uh who else is still around i'm sure there's 40 years no we still got ryan fitzpatrick 
I didn't mean like the classic drop back passers, like how because Aaron Rodgers is still, well, I guess not really, but I'm, like, I'm yeah. talking about the generation that was like the Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, well, like Philip Rivers, like that kind of collection, yeah. Big Ben Roethlisberger, like that collection. I guess it's kind of Aaron Rodgers might be the last like real Aaron one that's Rogers. like that like is of any significance. Like, so no, you're not including Ryan Fitzpatrick in there. Eh, maybe not. <laughs> Josh Josh and, McCown uh, is apparently and, trying to coach. And Matt Ryan's a little – I did see that. And Matt Ryan's a little young to be on that oh, end because he was 2008. But – Yeah. I well, mean, he's actually – well, to be fair, though, to be fair, though, Tom Brady is actually 0-10 in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Tuck Rule, Jake Delham tax, playoff read, owned by Eli, owned by Eli again, Pete Carroll's a bozo. 28-3 plus Shanahan didn't run it. Outplay by Foles, Jared Goff tax. Chiefs entire O-line was injured. <laughs> that sounds Jared like a Mickey Mouse Go- career to me. <laughs> Jared Goff tax. <laughs> I mean, if you play Jared Goff in the Super Bowl and you win by like 10. <laughs> that was that. Oh, yeah. that easily. That might be the worst NFL game of all time. I'd rather watch a 6-3 to three game than watch that game again. But, well. Least, anyway, to, to clean out my brain of Tom Brady in the Super Bowl anymore, which is funny. Um, I just really appreciate that the Rams knocked him out. So all the Rams fans, uh, hats off to you for, for knocking Brady out. That is pretty funny. Um, but all right, our last segment here, <laughs> our last segment uh, to have that quick diversion uh, is. Wait, I, I, I didn't get my I didn't get my thoughts in on the last one. We, we just oh, you didn't. OK, OK. One. Right, cool. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Had to hit that timeout. Um, finish, finish up. Uh, I'll make it quick. I got Casey. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is going to have himself a day quite like he did in the last game against uh, Casey because I don't think anyone can cover Jamar Chase, uh, let alone Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, let alone Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd and C.J. Uzama. I just don't think the Chiefs have – I don't uh, – to quote a meme, I don't think you have the facilities for that, big man. Um, the oh, the man. Chiefs do not have the facilities for that. However, no one – and I mean no one – outside of maybe one or two teams in the league have the guys that you need to cover the Chiefs. And as we saw in the last game, as I brought up earlier, the Chiefs are inevitable. Um, if Patrick Mahomes and and props to what Zach Taylor did in the last game, now they got bit in the butt by the refs at the end. Uh, or, I mean, they got helped by the refs. The Chiefs got bit in the butt by the refs at the end. But Zach Taylor was like, all right, I could run this in from the one or I could kneel it and try to run out the clock and not leave any time for Patrick Mahomes whatsoever. Um, I like that strategy. Uh, However, I don't anticipate uh, that the Bengals will have the ball uh, up late and not give Patrick Mahomes a shot because that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to be up in the fourth quarter. That's that's your goal. And I know that sounds really, really simplistic, but you've got to be ahead against the Chiefs. You cannot uh, get down to the Chiefs or else they are just going to outpace you. 
because they have more playmakers. They well, more. but if you if you do remember what happened too in that game, if you I remember do. what happened with the, with the with the Bengals, where it was a fourth and goal, and Mixon was stuffed, and then Penalty. it was holding on both teams and an offset. And then he passed to Tyler Boyd incomplete, then a second penalty. Pass interference. So it took two yeah. uh, illegal use of the hands. Uh, but those those two back-to-back with 50 seconds No, they seconds got bailed left. out. And that's what yeah, I'm like saying. That's, that's, that's what I'm that saying is, is if, imagine if Patrick Mahomes had that 45 seconds because I don't think that the Bengals can score. stop Patrick <laughs> Mahomes with 45 seconds left. It, that's, just, that's the concept of this pick. That is the principle that we're using – that if Patrick Mahomes has the ball last within a possession, you are going to lose. It's sort of inevitable at this point, honestly. But we can now go to our last game. We can go back to our final game, and that is the San Francisco 49ers, LA Rams, NFC Championship under the lights in SoFi Stadium. And its first year with fans is already going to be hosting an NFC championship. It hosted the Super Bowl last year, uh, which was always pretty cool to see that. Uh, this game is obviously pretty expensive, about $500 tickets, which does make sense, even though this game's a little odd. But this game is obviously colossal. Um, already hearing from a lot of people on ESPN, this game is, quote, the biggest game of McVay's career. Um, uh, also, some people are uh, are asking the 49ers to start Trey Lance in this game instead of Jimmy G, um, <laughs> which is kind of funny to, to think about uh, just because Jimmy G has been obviously not very great for them. I know we don't have to dive into the whole uh, Mina take that's happened, uh, Mina Kimes take, if, if, if you've been following that um, over the last few games. Um, have you heard about that, that whole th- thing that's been going on? Yes. Yeah, so that's that's been a, a big uh, big take with her and Jeff Garcia. Um, Garcia's getting a little angry that someone's uh, talking bad about the 49ers, um, even though Mina's take is pretty accurate because at the end of the day, um, at least in my opinion, it's pretty accurate because at the end of the day, Jimmy G is being pretty bad. And, I mean, I'm sorry, but zero touchdowns and two interceptions in the playoffs is just not good. I don't think that's a very shocking take. That's pretty terrible, actually. And, yes, do the rest of the Niners have a very competent, solid team around them? Yes, they do. That's why they're in their position. And so that is just one of those games. But I'm still going to go with the Rams here because, at the end of the day, my biggest thing against the Rams for most of the season and even most of this playoffs is the same thing. Do we trust Matthew Stafford? And after last week's game, the answer is yes, I do trust Matthew Stafford. And I think that they can get the job done here because he's gotten the job done against a better team in harder positions because being at the Bucks is a lot harder than hosting the 49ers. So I think Stafford convinced me in that game and I have a lot of I have a lot of faith and confidence in what he can do. So I think the Rams are going to go back to the Super Bowl. I agree. Um, I think the Rams are at this point a stronger all-around team. Now they don't have the uh, Devonte Adams, Aaron Rodgers connection like the Packers do, but they have Stafford and Cup, uh, which might be the next best thing as far as the entire NFC is concerned. Well, um, and then also, unlike the Packers, they aren't allergic to losing every playoff game that they seem to have. So, right. 
I think McVeigh finally gets the Shanahan monkey off of his back in this one. Uh, I think the Rams are ultimately going to be able to uh, initiate the tempo the entire game. Um, I think they're going to be able to play ball control football, but also take play action shots. I think the 49ers are not going to be able to put enough points up in this one, uh, as well as their defense has been playing. I don't think they're going to be able to put enough points up on the board with Jimmy G at quarterback. Uh, they've got to get some touchdowns, and I don't think they get it with one of the most talented defenses in football on the other side. Um, I got the Rams in this one, and I'm going to say 24-13. to 13. Pretty good, pretty good, Mark. I don't really know what I um. Hmm. I'm trying to think, twenty four thirteen. I think is. I think they may get in a little more than that. Um. I'm trying to see what the Niners said even in their first game. Uh. Hmm. I I say 31 31 to 20. I think the Ram, I think I think the, the Niners pick it up on offense a little more in this game. I think they get a little inspiration off that, but I think that the Rams oh is just too much for the defense to handle. Let's go lock of the week and then we'll get out of here. Ooh, lock of the week. Uh jeez. Um you're gonna have to go first because I'm always terrible. At these, so you, <laughs> yeah. I'm always so bad at these, so I gotta get one. Um, hmm. I, I still I think it'd be Rams um, minus three and a half. I think I think they can cover that pretty easily. I think I'm going. I think I'd go Bengals first half over ten and a half. I, I'd agree with that. I think that's their that. offense is their offense yeah. is good enough to do that. I agree with that. Well, that will yeah. do it for us here on the Blanket Coverage Podcast on this fine, fine Saturday morning. Um, as incredibly bitterly cold as it is for me, and how probably not too bad it is um, for you. Uh, given oh, the fact we got that the Arctic is, uh... vortex. Oh, okay. good. It's uh, 10 degrees here in Syracuse, but it is quite sunny, Not as you quite can see cold, from my window. It's going to get um... down to 13 tonight. <laughs> That's pretty horrible. Um, so it's it's uh, it's saying that, too. But if that's all for you, Jack, that's all for me. Thanks so much for listening to this shortened episode of the Blanket Coverage Podcast. We're going to be uh, doing some NBA stuff around All-Star. We're also going to get a little bit of college basketball going here. Um, but once again, thanks so much for listening. We hope you continue to tune in. Make sure you check out all of the GTD sports stuff. I went on GTD uh, GTD's podcast last week. Had a lot of fun there. Go check it out. Uh, but for now, once again, I'm Noah Parker. And I'm Jack Wallace. Peace out, y'all. Peace out, y'all.